All right, all my relentless entrepreneurs, I'm about to nerd out a little bit because we have such an awesome guest today. It is Mr. Mike Moe joining us. If you don't know Mike, go watch Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He was Bruce Lee in the movie. He's played in the Marvel Inhumans show. Uh, He's got a new movie coming out soon. One of my favorite people to watch on screen. And uh, we're jumping into how he got to Hollywood, giving you guys a blueprint that maybe some of your students can follow, and then also balancing your other hobbies and lifestyles outside of your martial arts school with your martial arts school and how he's been able to do that. And then we also go into a lot of things about the industry, and we have a really interesting way that him and I first met years back. Uh, So I'm really excited for all of you guys to listen to this podcast episode, so let's jump right in. Welcome to the Relentless Entrepreneur Podcast. They've been trying me, but I'm resilient for real. Follow your path to success alongside icons. I like thought of profit, man. I hardly do percent. And industry leaders in martial arts and fitness. I'm a hard hitter. Hey, this is the Relentless Entrepreneur Podcast. Let's get it. And now, Adam Kiefer. All right, guys. I'm really excited for today's guest. We have Mr. Mike Moe on the show. Mike, how's it going, man? I'm great, Adam. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Um, I don't know if you remember the first time we actually met. It was years ago. It was uh, I was in California, and you were teaching at XMA headquarters. And Mike Chat invited me to come take class, and you were actually my instructor for the class that I took. And I had... N- Really? I oh my God! No, I don't remember that. I it was. It was. Uh, God, I don't even remember what year it was. Because <laughs> I remember it, it was. I was out there for the first ever hyper like certification, and it okay. ended up just going to XMA headquarters at the same time. And then you were teaching, and then I remember years later I saw you doing the Street Fighter thing. And I was like, that guy looks so familiar. And I was like, oh, that's the guy that taught me at at Mike's. <laughs> it was awesome. In full circle. That's funny. Uh, that's a. That brings a, a a wave of memories uh, yes. that I almost forgot about until you just mentioned that. That's a, it's like another life, but a, definitely a good time in my life for sure. Yeah, it was awesome. You, you were you were such a good instructor too at break down, breaking down tricking and everything. And uh, I know I you got me trying some new stuff that I hadn't tried before. And I'm a, I'm a pretty big guy, so so to help me get the confidence to try some some new stuff that I could like bail and fall on my face. I, I appreciate that. I'm glad you remembered that uh, as a positive experience. Yeah, man, it was it was awesome. So um, I, I wanted to get you on this podcast because I know um, number one, you, you're a super successful school owner, and then uh, number two, I know uh, I have students and other school owners have students that are are looking to get into stunt work someday and and don't really know what path to go to or, or to get into to Hollywood. Um, and I thought I was like, who better to talk to? Than Mike. So Mike, uh, for anyone that doesn't know who you are, can you just give us like a little bit of a, a snapshot of sort of what you've done in martial arts and then uh, in the Hollywood side, which you've been killing it on as well? Sure. Yeah. Growing up as a kid, just like many of us in the martial arts industry fell in love with, you know, pop culture, martial arts, whether it was, uh, For me, it was the Ninja Turtles. Then it turned into Power Rangers. And then as I got older, it was Jackie Chan. And then I got into Bruce Lee and then Jet Li. So just falling in love with just the aesthetic of the action that you would see kicking and punching. And finally, 
when I was 12, I convinced my parents to let me sign up. So I've been doing martial arts pretty much nonstop since 12. And then I went to college, you know, while I was in college, opened up a school with somebody who's now my mother-in-law and uh, my (laughs) wife. And that was in Minnesota. And then while I was in Minnesota, I made a contact with Mike Chat and uh, just through ATA tournaments and such. And he's like, hey, you know, they're looking for a martial arts extreme type tricking guy for this movie for Jackie Chan. And I was like, okay, why not? I'll, I'll, I'll submit a tape. I sent a tape in to Mike. And then two weeks later, I was in Hong Kong with Mike Chat and Brendan Hewer. So that was my Brendan's first awesome. time. Yeah, my first time doing any martial arts on a movie set. And that was in Hong Kong with Jackie Chan's stunt team for like two weeks. And that was a, a whirlwind. And then after that happened, my wife was like, listen, you're not going to accomplish your dreams just by teaching these classes every day in Minnesota. I love teaching and, and yeah. I'm back to it, obviously. But she said, if you have any any desire of doing this beyond just teaching or competing, we got to do it now. So I was 20 and we packed up and we moved to L.A., that's when I hooked up with Mike Chad. I was like, hey, I'm a, I'm a struggling artist that wants to be an actor. Can I work at your school? And it was yeah. just perfect timing. You know, Mike trusted me and I trusted him. And um, I started teaching at the XMA World Headquarters. And then one day, this guy named Adam Kiefer yeah. came in and I taught him this class. And, and I taught him uh, well enough that he invited me to be on his uh, awesome podcast. So that's exactly uh, how it played out. <laughs> yeah. And then in L.A., I, I taught part time, you know, at XMA headquarters. I also um, taught a couple of, um, you know, I, I became kind of like this teacher for kids of somewhat celebrities. So sure. um, just kind of hustling that way while I was going to auditions and and taking classes and learning acting and then one small role led to another. I actually started making money by doing ninja commercials. So <laughs> I would just be in this ninja outfit and I was good at the uh, martial arts auditioning because of XMA, yep. which was perfect for that kind of stuff. And then, you know, then I'd get like a line on a show and then I'd get a bigger line and then I'd get a larger part. And then that led to street fighter. And then after that, um, I had kids and I had this other family thing, this, this obligation as a husband and father. So we moved to Wisconsin because my wife and I, we needed help. So we're like, we need to be closer to home. Sure. And while I was out there, I looked at Madison, Wisconsin. I was like, wow, there's a lot of schools, but there's this one town that I kind of, you know, zeroed in on and they didn't have a big school. So we moved, I started a school and uh, I've been able to, you know, somewhat successfully, sometimes not uh, balance it all. And it's a lot to take on having a school, as you know, and also trying to remain competitive in the Hollywood sure. aspect. So, you know, the, the last thing I did once upon a time in Hollywood was um, another kind of step forward that's going to take me hopefully to my next phase in that career. But yeah, it's it's all learning. I'm, I'm continually humbled by how challenging it all is, but I'm I'm super... Uh, motivated by just trying to level up. That's what martial artists do. You know, I feel like I'm not a black belt in anything anymore. I feel like I'm a white belt and just learning, but that's why I hire people like you and relentless and everybody (laughs) to help it out to help us out. 
Well, that's awesome. And uh, man, I was so excited when I saw that you got you were cast in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And that that's one of my favorite movies. I just love Quentin Tarantino movies in general. Um, you, your version of Bruce Lee was amazing. Like, I, it, I thought Thank it was you. so spot on for for the Bruce Lee role in that in that movie. Um, tell me a little bit about being on set with like Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio. It's like two of the biggest movie stars on the planet. Yeah, I mean, for me, the 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 job I had prior to that, I thought was like my big break. It was Marvels and Humans, which ended up being like the least successful Marvel show of all time. I will say, <laughs> so, I watched the entire season. Hey, you did more. You did more than most, uh, unfortunately. So <laughs> you know that that I was on a high, and then a big low after that, and then I got the call for the Bruce role, and I auditioned and. You know, that was quite the process because Quentin does things like nobody else in Hollywood. So, you know, I, I probably went through like normally in a show or a movie, you'll go to an audition and then you'll go to a callback and then you'll get the job or not. This thing I had to like, I flew back and forth on my own dime to LA two or three times. And um, I think there was like five or six hoops I had to jump through oh, and wow. just, you know, Bruce did. A, a long role but he had a pretty impactful and, and memorable Definitely. role in it so he was really uh, adamant about hiring the right guy so um you know years of martial arts training and pressure that that held up for me and um being on set with brad and um, kurt russell and zoe bell it, it was great um super super talented and uh, inspirational people and brad was especially uh helpful and just making me feel welcome you know here i am who, who who the heck knows who i am but i get to go toe-to-toe with brad pitt and he was um he was a great scene partner that's awesome it's crazy you went from watching bruce lee movies and being inspired by him that way to actually playing him in a movie that's got to be mind-blowing yeah. it's mind-blowing for me just thinking about you doing that so that's that's pretty awesome <laughs> um so fun question for you when, when we google your name do you know what one of the first suggestions that comes up is um, I have no idea. Mike Moe's jawline. <laughs> one of jawline. The most, <laughs> one of the most searched uh, things about Mike Moe, which I thought was awesome. You do have that prominent jawline. Yeah. I remember when, I remember when, um, the trailer came out, I had no idea I was going to be in the trailer. Honestly, I was worried that I was going to get cut out of the movie because, oh, wow you know, how many celebrities are in that movie? And it's like, man, you can't pack everybody in there. Sure. And then I found out, yeah, a bunch of stuff did get cut, but um, luckily my stuff stayed. And, um, you know, the trailer came out and I got a lot of text messages and these mo- these YouTube clips and they're all talking about, hey, this actor looks like Bruce, but that's, that's like a CGI Bruce Lee because that's not a real <laughs> jawline. And I was like, oh my God, like... And uh, right now I'm probably like 15, 20 pounds heavier than I was filming that. So I was like practically emaciated or as, as skinny as I've ever been for, for a long time. So it was even more pronounced, but um, that's funny. Mike Moe's jawline. I'll have, to, awesome. I'll have to make a shirt and send you one. Yes. I'll, I'll rock it proudly <laughs> every day. Um, so I, the other thing I want to talk about, because I know a lot of, um, entrepreneurs in our in our industry struggle just like balancing like family and their martial arts school and here you're off shooting I'm, I'm guessing for somewhat long periods of times in Hollywood or going back and forth so what what are some 
tips that you can give school owners on balancing the the day-to-day of running a martial arts school and time doing, being able to do other things? Yeah, uh, that's probably the most difficult aspect of being a martial arts school owner. Um, as you know, we got into this because we loved kicking and punching and, and feeling amazing doing the moves, but that's the big misconception people assume. Oh, if you're good at martial arts, what's the big deal? You can just transition <laughs> to owning a school and people right. do not realize that it is compl- there's no correlation. I mean, nope. there's, there's that one string of being passionate about martial arts, but that's only going to take you so far. So for me, luckily, a lot of my passions line up. You know, I love doing martial arts. I love the benefits it brings me and my wife and my kids. I went to school for business and, um, you know, I, I originally went to school for business not to do martial arts so I could go be a banker or whatever or sure. do some corporate job. And then I realized that's not for me. I can't sit for more than an hour without getting antsy. So um, that and also my my passion for performing and, and inspiring people. So all of my passions line up with what I care about the most. Number one is my family. Number two, um, number two and three are interchangeable. Sometimes some months I'm like, I just want to run the school and just do martial arts. And some, some months I'm like, I don't want to have to do anything to do with this school. I just want to go and and film. Right. And, um, on my best days, it's, I can do all three. So I would say the number one thing is, um, you know, building a team, building a yep. team that you trust and training them, uh, and empowering them to get to a point where you don't feel like you're just leaving and saying, all right, well, good luck. I'm going to go and, you know, live my dreams of Hollywood. And I've I've done that before. Like when I went to Hawaii for four months, I kind of, I wasn't going to turn that down. uh, But I also know like my team was young and I didn't properly prepare them. Luckily it was only three months or four months and all of our student base was excited for me and they knew I was going to come back. Um, But now it's, you know, my team is, uh, I'm grateful to have a great core member of team that I trust whether I'm here or not, they can run it. And uh, I can jump in whenever I need to, but that that's been the most challenging part is just managing uh, the team. Sure. And then th- just curious, how, how did your students respond to you uh, being cast as Bruce Lee? Were like going crazy? Uh, the kids, they, they don't know. Who's Bruce I mean, Lee? they've heard of, they've heard of Bruce <laughs> yeah. Lee, right. But for them, they're like, um, you know, there are a lot more things that are interesting to them. So the kids were like, oh, cool. I heard, I heard you're going to be in a movie again or whatever. And I was like, oh yeah. But the parents, especially the, the, the men in our demographic that are into Tarantino films, they were kind of freaking out. And um, it was cool. I got to, you know, as much as I like to keep it low key in my school, like I don't, I don't have movie posters of me up there. I don't self promote. Um, But the, but in situations like that, I think it's cool to let the community in yeah. on some of the things that, you know, the the kids get excited. Like when when I got in Humans, uh, we rented out a movie theater, and since that's like a family show, yeah, we screened the first episode for the whole all of our families. We had like that's we rented awesome. out the the whole thing. But for uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, we we rented it out again. We said, hey, this is not for the kids. Yes, but your parents, <laughs> yeah. we're gonna have a night out, and we made it a, a fun event. So awesome. those those are moments when it kind of brings the community together. 
you, you said something in there that I think is really important just to, to stress to school owners listening. Cause uh, I've talked on this podcast with people before about like the typical school where you go in, there's like a bunch of dusty trophies in the window and it's like, just looks like a trophy store, not a martial arts school. When you walk in, or like a shrine to like who the owner is, or who the, the, the seventies, right? Yeah. yeah, who they need, who they need to bow to when they um, bow to their sensei, right? So. Yeah. And then we have you on this podcast who probably has more bragging rights than any school owner that I've had on this show with with just the accolades that you have and the stuff you've done in Hollywood. And yet you're like, yeah, there's no movie posters in my school, and I, I think that's awesome because it puts the focus on the students and the experience instead of on whoever is running the school or whoever owns the school. So I think that's such a great example to everyone listening to be able to take that. And hopefully you guys like take those dusty trophies, put them home or in a shed or get rid of them or whatever, but make it about your students and the experience for them. I love that. Totally. And if, and if you, if we feel like we have to say like, Oh, I'm a, I'm a 70th degree grand master chief nominee, whatever. And if you have to use those things to sell your program, um, you know, that's, that's something that some people in the martial arts might be like, Oh, great. But for the normal parent that just wants to instill confidence in their kid, they don't give a crap about all that stuff. They care about what happens on the mats, what kind of uh, attitudes and lessons they're being instilled with that will hopefully, you know, some parents are very short, short term. They just want their kids to be active and stay healthy some parents really want to set their kids up with mentors and life lessons that will last them well beyond uh, their, their years in martial arts. Yeah. I love that. I, I always think of like, I had one guy message me on Facebook a while back and he messaged me. I was like, Hey, I'm so-and-so. I was like the 1983 winner of diamond nationals. And I was like, <laughs> I was like what? And it just reminded me of like uncle Rico from Napoleon dynamite. He's like, yes. I can show this football over those mountains uh, over there. I was like, yeah. why, why? But yeah, I, I think that's, <laughs> uh, that, that's something that happens pretty often in our industry. Um, but yeah. I'm glad you're on board with the the modernizing and, and moving. Look, I think that. I think there's a dual-edged sword. Like number one, I love that the the our industry is based in respect, and there's some yes. protocol, and there's some. But there's also it goes too far a lot. You know, it's um. <laughs> At the end of the day, we're all we're all people. We all have our own lives, and you know, at the top of any industry, there are going to be people that have accomplished so many things that you may never hear about and and don't need to to brag about. But um, at the end of the day, it's just just about being transparent. And and if you if you can walk the walk, there's no need, you know. Yes. You know, you just let you just let the Google search results speak for yes. themselves, right? Yeah. <laughs> Your parents are like, man, we're the instructor with the best jawline. <laughs> <laughs> I so, should raise my rates. I should I know. raise my rates now. At least by twenty dollars a month. Um, yes. So, as far as where our industry is now and where it's going, where would you like to see the industry go? Let's say heading into the next ten years, what would you like to see changed and different about uh, where our industry is now? Yeah, it's it's so crazy because we've been in it for so long. Yeah. It's hard to see how different it's already gotten because we're in it every day. It's kind of like that um that that thing like every day I see my kids grow up, but I don't notice it because I see them every day. As sure. if if I were to go away for a couple of years, I'd be like, "Wow, that's amazing!" Like, so I think it's already happening. Um, when you look at the UFC and just how that's evolving, how fighting in general has evolved. 
Um, I think it's going more towards just it's segmenting. So before it was like, Hey, sign up for karate. Yep. That's, that's what it is. Now it's all right. Do you want to do martial arts so you can fight people? Do you want to do martial arts to, you know, increase, is it for more of an activity and life skills? Is it about connecting to culture and traditional? There's so many different things. So for me, when I first met you, I was all into XMA, you know, the, the flashy side, I can still do that stuff and it's still fun for me, but that's not, that's, it was up here. Now it's kind of like down here, right? So now it's all about now that I'm a father of three kids, what do I find important now? Yeah. The life skills. Yeah. Winning tournaments is one thing, but man, like, I don't care if my kids are terrible, but they're going to do martial arts. They're going to benefit from it. And, um, I'm less impressed with your sidekick and I'm more impressed with the manners you show or the focus you show when you are uh, tackling any task. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I think, uh, I think the emphasis on that is so important. And uh, I have three kids right now as well. My, my five, five-year-olds doing martial arts. Yeah. My, yeah, my wife awesome. is a superhero, man. She's wrestling three kids <laughs> under the age of five. Right. Right. But um, unsung heroes. Yes. And, and, and it's funny. Cause like uh, my five-year-old once in a while on Sundays, we'll bring him in and I'll work with him like on tornado kicks and some like the fun stuff. But uh, yeah, it's been cool to see him grab like, the attention, just like listening positions right at home. If I say attention, he goes, yes, dad. And he stands up, hands at his side. I was like, man, I love martial arts. And I was like, yeah. but it also makes me think too, like, Hey, I wonder, are my parents actually using this at home? Like, are they, are they taking these skills and using listening skills at home and, and the different things we're teaching in class? So it's cool. Right. Being a parent gives you a different perspective on those things. Uh, but I also think it helps you to be able to communicate those things better to your students and to the parents to get them using it as well. Because I don't know about you, I started teaching before I had kids, uh, like as a teenager, and I thought I understood yep. like raising kids and stuff. I had no, I could, no clue, no idea <laughs> until you are with them twenty four hours 100%. a day. But uh, yeah, that, I thought that was really interesting. Um, what, one thing I, I ask all first time people on the show: uh, if if you could, if there's one thing in our industry that you could snap your fingers like Thanos and change instantly to make the entire industry better, what would it be? Man, I think um, if I had to snap my fingers, I would have to say just on the owner side, um, there are so many gurus and there are so many people that just, um, I mean, there's, there's room for people that know and can provide value, but I just feel like so many unqualified people that have not walked the walk as in owning a school and as in grinding six, seven days a week, teaching all the time. Like we work that hard to learn what not to do in the future. And I feel like there's a lot of people that have just done dabbled here and there and nothing against them, but it's just, it's just so hard to like wade through all these people. Um, And I feel like there are a lot of people that call themselves gurus without actually having the the proof proof from themselves. So I I would say, you know, it's it's not even, it's just more of an annoyance. I don't, I don't need it to change. It's never going to change. It's always going to be like that, but that's just something that, that kind of uh, gets my goat sometimes. I'm I'm there with you. I I think the the one positive thing about COVID is I, I think you saw through a lot of those people when COVID hit, because the, mm-hmm. I think the true leaders in the industry really stepped up and started helping and like leading by example and, and 
and doing their best to do that. And all the people that were just like salesmen or, or selling right. what they have sort of backed up or started just giving really bad advice to get more money. They're like, Oh, just yeah, don't, anyway. don't listen to the government, like whatever. That's, and, that's what it is. It's because it gives, it makes it harder for the general public to trust people that are really doing it for the right reason. And sure. don't get me wrong. People, people that are running schools that provide a great service, they deserve to make a lot of money. Yeah. And I think that's another thing, like the stigma that being a martial arts professional, um, they sh- it, I don't care what you do. You could, be a, you could be a Hollywood actor. You could be a pro athlete. You could own a martial arts school. You could clean toilets. If you're, if you're great at it, you, know, you, should, you should be paid um, accordingly. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and then if, if uh, I'm not sure if, if you're a reader or not, but do you, I always ask our guests, do you have a book that you'd recommend to the average school owner to, to grab and pick up and read? Uh, I'm not a reader as much as I am a podcast and okay. an audible yeah. guy. Same. I'm audible guy. So, oh man, I, I, I probably listen to like at least one audible book a month. So I remember way back when I first was about to open uh, my own school, uh, I, I listened and I read to the E-Myth. Yep. Um, and That's I also, there was another book. Um, it was like a biography or an autobiography of Howard Schultz. Um, or no, no, no. I can't remember his name, but he started Starbucks. And I, that yes. also helped me um, a, a, cup of, a cup of something. But uh, yeah. E-Myth is great. And also, I recently revisited um, Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Workweek. Yes, and um, there's a lot man. of there's a lot of really out there stuff. But at the same time, like you can take pieces out of it and just say, "Wow, this applies to my life as a school no- school owner as well." Yeah, all, gr- all great recommendation recommendations. I think it's interesting too because we have a, a lot of successful people on this podcast. All of them are, are listening or reading a book a month and and always trying to grow themselves. So if you guys are listening to this and you're not doing that, that's a, a habit you should pick up to to get to the next level for sure. Um, all right. Also, I, I always like to ask, what's your favorite martial arts movie of all time? Ooh, this one changes based on like my current mindset, sure. right? So, you know, while I was preparing and while I was in the once upon a time in Hollywood, kind of like the before the during and like, uh, all the, the stuff after it was definitely enter the dragon. Yep. That's the one I probably saw the most, um, while I was prepping, um, uh, right now, man, you know, old school, I'm a Taekwondo guy. So like one of my favorites is best, of the best, yes. um, you know. <laughs> That doesn't get mentioned classic eighties action. Yeah. So that's, there's, there's a list and it could, there's, I could keep going, but, uh, you know, I'll just, I'll just stop with those two. All right. Awesome. No, best of the best is great. Someone else mentioned that on our show. I'm trying to remember who it was, but, uh, as soon as I mentioned, it, I was like, God, I got to watch that. I haven't watched it since I was like a kid and watched it again. And the, the eighties cheesiness was so good. And all the, all the one-liners in it were awesome too. Yeah, it was perfect. Um, that's great. And then, um, the, the other thing that I uh, wanted to ask you since we have you on here is, do you have anything you're working on now uh, on the Hollywood side? Or are you sort of stepping back from that a little bit and just focusing on on running an awesome school? Um, I mean, since COVID, we I've been really diving in and making sure that, um, you know, all of us school owners have had to work, I would say, two or three times harder to get yes. the same result. But now that we're starting to come out of it, 
um, all that work and discipline that school owners have been, the, the school owners that really dug into Zoom and they really just tried to change everything. Now we're seeing the benefit. Whereas, um, you know, unfortunately, a lot of schools in different situations based on their lockdowns, it's it's so hard. So yeah, I don't want to say like, yeah, but as far as Hollywood, I've got a movie coming out uh, this Friday. It's called Boogie. Nice. It's a it's a basketball movie. It's an Asian American um, basketball story. I play. I'm kind of one of the supporting leads. Um, I play like this asshole um, basketball agent. So nice. it's a departure of from from my martial arts thing, and that's that was important to me after playing Bruce Lee. I don't want to just be known as like martial arts action guy. Sure. So this is a role that's smaller that just gets to gets to showcase. Hey, I'm an actor too. That I don't need to do um, the kicking and punching. So that comes out this Friday. Um, and then as far as stuff, uh, in the works, I have two or three movie projects that are action based. Um, they haven't been announced yet, but, um, yeah, it should be cool. Uh, a lot of, a lot of cool opportunities coming up. And the great thing is even if I never set foot on another Hollywood set again, um, I love, I love the martial arts and, um, running the school, but yeah, I'd be lying if I, if I, um, if I told you I didn't want to be back on a set because I miss it. It's been a while since, um, you know, productions have kind of shut down. That's awesome. Uh, where can people check out Boogie at? Boogie comes out in theaters. Um, I'm not sure what they're doing for streaming, but I know that uh, March 5th, it should be in pretty much all theaters. I know the theater situation around the, the country is a little different for everybody. So um, check it out. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's, it's cool. I got to see it a couple of weeks back. Awesome. Can't wait to check it out. And uh, Mike, I know you're a busy guy. Thank you so much for taking time to jump on the podcast with me. I had a blast. I uh, had some good laughs. And then uh, we'll, we'll get this out uh, in the next couple of days, everyone. Cool. Thanks, Adam. Another great episode in the books. And we have so much more awesomeness coming your way. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and we will see you on the next episode.